You're listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast, inspiring commentary and intelligent insight from experts in the thick of it. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Gualtieri uh, of Forrester Technopolitics. I have here with me TJ Kitt, who is a senior analyst on our CIO team. And how are you doing, TJ? I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty well. Uh, now that I can operate the equipment. <laughs> uh, we want to talk to you about the social CIO. He should be social. What is the social CIO? Okay, so it's, it's basically a concept that says that social media or social business is very important to an organization and pursuing it in a haphazard way in which you let a thousand flowers bloom so that the front office has their own instantiation of social business and the back office has their own and then employees do things on their own is not a best it's not really a best practice it's not a good way of managing the flow of information through an organization to really respond to a lot of the macro trends that we're seeing in the world today mm-hmm. well and, what do you mean by social or you know what yeah. are some of these trends yeah so maybe we should back up and define social yeah. business yeah, right? yeah so so from our perspective um what muddles the water is that when people think about social technologies, they think about Facebook. And that really kind of misses the point. Or of Twitter. What, or Twitter mm-hmm. or YouTube or anything that what allows. What about MySpace? Well, if you're into music. Okay. <laughs> mm. um, but, I, but I think, you know, kind of it, it misses the point um, and, and really what the power is of things like Facebook or Twitter. And, and that's really information sharing and idea sharing. So when we talk about social businesses, we're really talking about organizations that have made it easier for in individuals to access information, as well as making it easier for people with information to find people who have expertise that can help them use that information to solve business and when problems. When you say the individuals, do you, do you mean the cu- you mean the employees? Right? I mean everybody. I mean so customers, p- employees, so customers, employees, partners, suppliers. Really, if you think about kind of how the world is shaping up, um, it's not being dramatic when you can when you say that the free exchange of ideas changes the world. So if we just think back to last year um, and you look at something like the Arab Spring, which is overly described or overly discussed, but you know, kind of in the guise or in the discussion of social business, you know, what you really find is that in 28 days, a group of people using nothing more than really Facebook and other social technologies toppled a 24-year-old regime. Right. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, it's pretty substantial. And, uh, you know, and you know these social technologies are powerful when entire governments try to control them, censor them, turn them off. Right, right. Because the, the idea is that if I can allow individuals to understand and explore ideas with others to crowdsource, if you will, you know, kind of how they conceive the world, then it changes the official story. It, it moves people away from the official story and expands their horizons and allows them to take collective action. If we spin this to a more enterprise example, a more business example, think about the Gap. Um, you know, let's say t- 2010, roughly, the Gap decides it's going to roll out a new logo for itself, yeah. new branding, new direction. They put it out you know, into the world, and within a week, they had to take it back. They had to go back to their old logo because of such negative backlash through social media. Oh, people didn't like Yeah, this reminds me of right. Netflix, too. Right. Netflix, is, Netflix is, is, is another example. And so... If so, mo- information is moving that fast in the in the outside world, if, if if change can happen because people can discover things on their own and can respond and invite others to respond with them, take that collective action, then a business has to be just as nimble. 
Right, because just as it can topple governments, I suppose it can topple companies. It can. So it's not just. So let's not just take the negative example, right? Let's not just say that this is all going to cause your business to come crashing down if you do not um, if you do not participate. It's really about how can you leverage the same concepts. How can you be just as nimble, just as quick as your customers, as your partners, as your suppliers? Because really, you know, what they're doing is they're showing you what can happen if I allow information to flow more freely. Businesses have historically not allowed that. You know, businesses are siloed. Businesses are command and control. You don't like distributed information sharing. You don't like distributed decision making. And you're not necessarily arguing for distributed decision making, but you are saying that if you have an idea about something that can help the people in sales and you have no way of articulating that idea to people in sales, then there's no telling what damage you're potentially Mm -hmm. doing to the business downstream. What, what what are some of the companies that are using this in a positive way or in a way that's to their benefit? So when we think about companies that are that are kind of taking this step, we, we have to think about what they're responding to as well. And so, you know, if you think about real impetus to change, to social business change, you're looking at things that really affect the business. So if we look at News Corporation, for example, um, and we all know them as, you know, kind of the, the holding company or the 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 parent company of something like Fox News, but they also have many media properties. Right. And those media properties are being disintermediated by the digital age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Fox movies, for example, are being disintermediated by Netflix because the DVD business is being subsumed by streaming media. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the news business, Fox News, you know, for every Fox News, there's a red state, which mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of a conservative blog that can pull viewership outside of the outside of that Fox News sphere. So the, the the question becomes for News Corp, how do we begin to address this fast moving world? How do we change our business to reflect the reality of the marketplace? And what they're saying is that we're going to use a technology like Jive. So mm-hmm. from a central location from News Corp, the parent company, they are deploying Jive across the media pro- properties so that ideas that say surface in an Australian property can be used across the organization. But what is Jive exactly? I mean, is that oh, like a uh, Facebook for companies, or yeah? So, so Jive is a um, so let's um, let's let's move away from the Facebook terminology, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but it is, but it is a social networking technology that is um, meant for enterprises. It's actually it's an interesting story about the company itself. It started off as an instant messaging company and morphed into this social media. Um, firm. See, and I think that's what I'm kind of confused about. Like, what does it mean to be a social media platform? It's interesting that yeah. you said it started off as instant messaging. Is it? Yeah. Is it? And, and I don't want to say that that's trivial because it's, it's, people use instant messaging all the time. But yeah. But is it? Is it more than just communicating with? It, so it, in theory, it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, in in theory, what it is, it's the fundamental component of social media or social business because what you're really trying to do is you're trying to associate individuals with expertise Mm -hmm. and you make that association by allowing them to associate the content that they create with themselves so Mm -hmm. you write a document you know this is how we do business here at Forrester right I write a document you write a document that's, that's associated with our name and you know through that library of work that then becomes the validation of our expertise in a particular area Mm -hmm. A similar concept applies in the social realm, except for you're expanding that out. So it's not just the content that you create. It's also the contributions you make to discussions. It's how other people view you and rate you as an expert in a particular area. And so a platform like Jive really facilitates the elevation of expertise. 
it, it, it really facilitates the ability of an organization to identify those in their company that have it, knowledge. So it sounds partially like, so social platform is partially a communication technology, but it's also what I would call knowledge management. Knowledge management was sort of a yeah. field in itself, but maybe... So this is the next, this is the evolution of knowledge management. Ah, okay. so, so what is So what is social in absence of the transfer of knowledge? It is just a, a more or less a mob of people that, <laughs> that yeah. are telling you about their interesting weekends. But even that in and of itself is a transfer of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, really what this is, is it's the transfer of knowledge and then the organization of it around people as opposed to just you know, abstract taxonomies that we've used historically in knowledge management systems and, and content management systems that, that have come before. So what what is a... Uh, it sounds a little scary in terms of the investment <laughs> necessary to build up this platform because I know you don't like me to use the word Facebook, sure. but... A lot of people spend a lot of minutes on Facebook. This is true. And if you're an employee in a company and you have a social platform like Jive, Mm -hmm. don't people have to, like, invest time into putting things into the platform and either to get it out and, and, you know, because there needs to be some momentum built, right? No, this is true. Um, And I guess the reason why I I rail against the use of Facebook um, is because it connotes something that's unachievable. Um, so just putting in terms of sheer size, mm-hmm. if Facebook were a, com- a country, it would be the third largest country on earth. <laughs> so, okay. so there, there aren't very many organizations that can make that claim. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you use that as your organizing principle, you know, really what you're striving for in terms of network effect, that network power, um, is something that you potentially can't achieve. So if we scale it back, if we think about this in a more pragmatic, practical sense, um, you know, what is it that you're trying to achieve with Facebook. We're probably trying to achieve something more on the order of LinkedIn. It's a smaller network, but it's more targeted. It's a professional network. And what you're really trying to do is you're trying to associate individuals with information and knowledge with that particular area of specialties. Um, So, you know, do you have a LinkedIn page? Yes. And have you taken the time to fill it out? Uh, a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so what you'll find on your LinkedIn page are, are things that you would find in an enterprise social network. Ah, you, okay. So there'd be your name, your title, mm-hmm. where you're located, things that you're expert in, so because you've probably tagged yourself expert. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've taken the time to integrate it into your Twitter feed, then there's a, a list of activities that you're participating in and, in, in, and interesting things that you found that you want to surface to the people that are associated with you. Mm-hmm. You might have taken the time to join professional networks that then, you know, again, show the areas that you're interested in. And then you've laid out some examples of things that you're interested in hearing from the community. So maybe information about, um, you know, work that can, that you can possibly do for people, um, job openings, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That's, that's more or less what we want to translate into the business arena. We don't want to translate Facebook into the business arena. We want to translate LinkedIn. So to get it started, you know, to your, to your original question, um, you know, there is a time investment. There is a change management process, if you will, that I know that people also get a little nervous about because that does take time and that takes money. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not simply a we're going to roll it out and see what happens. That is the the path toward just you know a, a handful of people using the technology. Is that what most companies have done, or most companies have taken the let's pilot it approach and then see what happens. Um, and there were varying degrees of, of success to this. Um, you know, the let's find the real power in social business approach would be 
let's put it out to as many people as possible and put some structure around it to allow individuals to see how it applies to their individual workflow. The issues with social technologies are the issues with collaboration technology in general. Uh, once you get outside of email, which has been successfully incorporated mm-hmm. into people's workflows, it's very difficult to get people to change the way that they fundamentally work to use things like SharePoint mm-hmm. or instant messaging if they're not instant messaging culture. But, but isn't that, you know, getting them to change the way they work, don't people like naturally gravitate towards being more efficient, more effective? and, and But that's a, that's a personal perception. So mm. what you think is being efficient and effective for you might be different for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you look at the data about individuals that are actually using social technologies, yes, the people that use it feel that they are indeed efficient. They feel that they are productive at work. The question is, how do you translate you know, what these individuals find to be useful right. into a broader set of employees? And you know, if you look at the individuals that are using social technologies currently, they fit the same profile that you'll find of any other technology early adopter. They like technology. They have a lot of disposable income. They're willing to experiment on their own. Is this a company-wide decision, or there are certain departments within companies like marketing or or, or research and development where it's more, you know, there's a bigger return, a a quicker time to value? Yeah, So, and and I think you do see that in in terms of how the, the deployments have gone historically. So the marketing department will roll out something like Jive or Lithium, which is another social networking platform to reach out to customers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might have R&D use an ideation platform to surface ideas from customers or just internally. You may have sales use something like Chatter to start kind of posting. And that's the Salesforce.com That is the Salesforce.com Chatter. And and you mentioned SharePoint. Is SharePoint in this category as well? SharePoint has capabilities in this category. Um, It it would be wrong of us to dismiss Microsoft's property here, right? uh, especially if you think about how you can augment it with a technology like NewsGator that that resides on top of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, know, again, um, you know, kind of moving people down this path, um, you know, kind of getting more people involved is the key because if it's just something that's limited to, say, the marketing department or the sales department, what you're really missing is kind of the holistic vision. And Salesforce.com actually does a pretty good job of spelling this out. So if you think about their social enterprise concept, mm-hmm. which actually gets into our, you know, why we call for a social CIO here at Forrester, mm-hmm. it's not that a customer has a problem and they express it on Twitter and, and then it goes, it, it remains there. It's that mm-hmm. that customer expresses a problem. And then using Salesforce's Radiant 6 technology, you pull that issue into chatter. And Radiant 6 technology It's is, a social, I'm sorry about that. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, social, uh, it's a social listening platform or yeah. technology that, uh, that. Oh, it's an automated. It's like, right, right. So, so social, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it does sentiment analysis and it, right. you know, it looks for, um, you know, particular cues that you might set up in it. And so it pulls in that information. So, you know, you might say that I'm having this issue. Right. With, so it with monitors what's happening. It monitors what's happening. Yeah. So you have an issue on Twitter, you express it yeah. to, to the company's hashtag or, or, the, or at their actual Twitter handle. You might pull it in to the organization, put it in Chatter. So Chatter being, you know, kind of that, that social stream right. that's associated with sales.force.com. And that might be routed to a customer support person. Well, that customer support person might not be able to answer that question. Well, if you expand out the number of people in the organization that can potentially participate in this, mm-hmm. I, as the contact person, that, that, that uh, customer support person, can then surface that as an issue and ask maybe an engineer to mm-hmm. participate. Right. And that engineer can come in and maybe address this question. Right. But if I haven't made a ver- an effort to be as expansive as possible in, in terms of my deployment of these social technologies and in my, in my thinking about who should be participating, 
then I might miss out on an opportunity to delight this customer, right. to serve this customer better. Right. So that And that makes a lot of sense where customers using social media, talking about you and, right. and, and responding. But you said something else about um, using it to find knowledge and expertise within a company. Right. And, and is there some, like what would, like paint a future. Like sure. what, what is the social business, what does the ideal social business look like? Is it, is right. it employees like finding things like in, in, in minutes that, that well, used to take months or? Well, ideally, so I mean, yes. I mean, I, yeah. ideally the, the idea is to, like everything else we've done in business, it's to automate processes that take men on their, or I should say, you know, kind of people yeah. um, on their own too long to do. Um, so we've, we've automated things throughout the back office. Um, and, and indeed you could argue as Andrew McAfee and, um, uh, Brian Olson have done that we've destroyed jobs in, in so doing. And so what we're left with are jobs that are, you know, kind of more creative in nature, more, you know, kind of IP driven and right? creation of IP driven. And so what those individuals need, if, if you're creating IP is the ability to find information, find knowledge more quickly, you know, Again, getting back to the idea, the world's moving kind of fast. Right, um, right. Governments are toppling pretty quickly. Right. Um, so y- in order to be a full participant in that world, you need to be able to be responsive quickly. And what's the CIO? So we started this conversation talking about the yeah. social CIO. And, and I get, I mean, I can see that the CIO <laughs> has to at least be responsible for bringing this technology yeah. in and, uh, and using it effectively. I mean, what, what's your... So why is the CIO? What's important? your recommendation? Yeah. to the CIOs. So, the, so there's an opportunity for C- the CIO here. Um, if you look historically at how these things are deployed, um, it's it's back to that metaphor of a thousand flowers blooming. Mm-hmm. And if you have all of these different silos of information around the organization and people collaborating in little silos, then that doesn't again take full advantage of the knowledge that is being generated within the organization writ large. Mm-hmm. The CIO, as the chief technologist in the organization, has an opportunity to kind of pull together these disparate initiatives in an organized fashion that then steers it towards things like increasing employee productivity, increasing employee efficiency, helping employees be more flexible in their interactions with customers, creating more positive customer outcomes. The key, though, is making sure that you are aligning your technology decisions so that they can take into account what employees have done before, what business leaders have done before, and aligning what you're trying to do with the actual business outcomes that they're trying to achieve. So obviously there are going to be different front office, different marketing goals than Mm -hmm. there are back office goals, different, say, like finance. The key is that understanding that there is something that that you can potentially contribute you know, mm-hmm. in the back offices to the front office and vice versa and creating lines of sight that allow for that. Where is this on the priority list for CIOs? I mean, it, it seems like CIOs, priorities shift, they change based upon the business and the technology. Has yeah. this, you know, is, is this near the top of the list? Are, are you recommending that it be at the top of their list or how should they think about this in the, in the list of priorities? No, no, I, I obviously have a bias as, uh, <laughs> as No, you someone. don't. You're an objective... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, 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 as someone who, who, who feels passionately about this, I yeah. should say, and, yeah. and, um, and, and has covered this, um, you know, I would say that it should be a, a high priority. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and just for the reasons that we talked about at the beginning of this, of this conversation, um, you know, this is an issue of speed. This is an issue of how do you operate efficiently in a global business, in a global business environment. 
And Do you find that business leaders are like pushing the CIO or the pressure is on from the business leaders or is it the CIO saying, hey, you know, we should get Jive, we should expand SharePoint? I mean, is it? Is it it's a little both. A little um, both, yeah. so, you, so you find in some organizations that are have highly sophisticated workforces that this is you know, kind of the order of the day, especially in like management consultancies where you have knowledge management arms that have evolved into this. If you're talking about organizations that don't have very sophisticated sales or workforces, then you know perhaps you're looking at IT departments that are driving this forward. But in either direction, you know what you're really talking about here is you know kind of a, a change in thinking about how technology is deployed and how individuals should interact. How long before you think this becomes like pervasive, ubiquitous in in corporations? So I think the so I think the rudiments of it, the foundational technology, is pervasive. I think the vision to bring it all together in a holistic fashion is maybe five years away, 10 years away. Um, and that's simply because it, it takes, again, like as I mentioned before, it, is, it takes a change in thinking and it takes a change in how you want to um, roll this technology out. TJ Kitt, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. All right. All right. Good. That was good. You ended it. Yep. You've been listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast. Read more about the technology-fueled disruption and join the discussion at blogs.forrester.com.